AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program right here on AM 630 The Word. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. And it's good to be back in the studio uh, in this new year, this new decade. A lot has changed, and we're looking forward to all that God has for us uh, in this new year, in this new decade. I am making plans, making great plans, plans that is going to take me 10 years to fulfill uh, with God's help. But, you know, I was thinking I'd like to share a, a little word with you this morning. It's reading from the book of Second Kings. And there we have the, the prophet of fire, Elijah. And uh, what a man. And I, I was reading at the very beginning, chapter 1 of Second Kings, where the king has an issue and he falls through the floor and he sends some of his people to a different God. And, and God tells Elijah to intervene. And the king doesn't get too happy. And there's fire falling, you know, Wherever Elijah is, there seems to be fire. And, and they found him. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 9, that the, the 50 soldiers that the king sent to find him, says that they, and they found Elijah in a high place. And I found that so interesting, that the king fell from a high place and he fell down. And when they found Elijah, they found him on a high place. He was standing on a hill. And my question to you is, I like to trigger your thought. I like to trigger your heart and maybe even challenge you today. When they come looking for you, when the enemy comes looking for you, when trouble comes looking for you, where are they going to find you? And I just want you to position yourself for victory. If you're in war, perhaps you were, you were in the military. You know that if whoever controls the high ground, they're at, a, at an advantage. And I want to challenge you. Let's get on higher ground. Let's, let's think higher thoughts. Let's, let's prepare ourselves for victory by positioning ourselves. That they, whoever comes find us would find us in a higher place in our thoughts. That we would not be uh, with our thoughts of depression, our thoughts of, of lowness and poverty and sadness and defeat. But we would expect and prepare for victory. We would prepare for the blessing. We would prepare for the favor of God. Because we're thinking in high places, because we're living in high places, we're declaring these things that are not as if they were. And so I want to challenge you. I, uh, Elijah, Elijah did it, and, and I just like that picture. And I want, I want you to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take a look at that Second Kings chapter 1. And I found this so interesting. Let's position ourselves to be in a high place. And so I'm back in the studio, and I'm here with, uh, with the men of God, and this is what we do. Every every week we interview a, a pastor, and I'll tell you the truth, uh, there's a special place in my heart for pastors, not only because I am a pastor, but I, 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 I appreciate the men, the women that stick around. Mm-hmm. Evangelists, I, I love them. Great preachers, they do a lot of good, but a lot of times they jump in a car, jump on a plane, and they're gone. You can't call them up, uh, but a pastor sticks around. A pastor will not only celebrate birthdays, but will do weddings and will do... Uh, funerals that will will cry and we'll laugh with you and and that is uh, that's a special thing you don't find too many people and today I'm in the room in the studio 
uh, with a man of God here from San Antonio, uh, pastoring in San Antonio. And Pastor Al Johnson, I want to welcome you. Welcome you to uh, Church of the Week program. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, glad to be here. Um, uh, that's a good word. I'm excited uh, to to let everyone know that I am the uh, predecessor follower of uh, Elijah. I'm Elisha, bald head. Um, so uh, be careful <laughs> if there's she bears around. All right, we will. <laughs> good one. I like that. I like that. I will. I will be careful, and I'll tell. I'll tell people <laughs> to watch out. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. We. Uh, we barely met, and I, I love to interview pastors that I don't know because I really don't yeah. know anything about you. I'm not setting up questions. Uh, but tell me a little bit about you. Before we get to the church, the Wells mm-hmm. essay, um, before we get there, I want to I know about you because we connect with people. Yeah. Not with buildings. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, so where are you from? Are you a PK? What? Yeah, no. You know, what's uh, the story? My, uh, I'm not a pastor's kid. I grew up in uh, the east side of Houston, Baytown, Texas, uh, where I um, went to high school. Went When I graduated, came to run track and cross country at UTSA. So that's what brought me to San Antonio. I've been here 12, 13 years now. And so uh didn't go to seminary, not a pastor's kid. Um, all in, and when I came to college, I, I knew and loved Jesus, and I wanted people to, to know him. And so uh, through discipleship, through evangelism, through kind of spending time on campus trying to get people to know Jesus, I uh, the Lord called me into ministry. It wasn't a... Um, I didn't know what that meant, didn't know what that mm-hmm. looked like. I thought uh, when I I was going to have to uh, go take a part-time or a gig somewhere and then like work your way. I didn't know what it was and I didn't want to – I don't really want to do that personally. But I, I did uh, know that the Lord was calling me. And so uh, through a series of events and through some time um, – uh, I found out this about this thing called church planting, and so I didn't know that was a thing. And it kind of it kind of had my uh, missionary entrepreneurial side of me met uh, local context, and so um, uh, about five years ago we planted the well, and um, so the team. So and, when you when you came for sports mm-hmm. and for college, mm-hmm. you came to San Antonio. Yes, sir. And you haven't you haven't really left. You've been living here. Been living here. Met my wife uh, here. She was not at UTSA. She was at the UT Health Science Center. And uh, she's originally from LA. She uh, planned to leave San Antonio as soon as she graduated. But we met right before that. Uh, praise we, the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are now. <laughs> uh, we have three kids. We're expecting one more uh, coming here in at the end of May. So wow. we, we'll have a full house. Growing family. How yes, many sir. children then? We have uh, three, yeah, and then three we're about to have four. four. Yeah. That's a good number. There's yeah. no middle child. You avoid Correct. the middle child syndrome. Yep. Uh, I always tell people, have them in twos. Yeah, well, we're going to have two boys and two girls, and so it'll be, oh, it'll be perfectly man. even. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. But be- before we go too far yeah, forward, yeah. Um, I, want, I, want, I don't know if you, if you have part of your testimony as some of the struggle that you have been through. Uh, I know there's struggle in mm-hmm. pastoring. Mm-hmm. I know there was probably struggle in in the call and responding yeah. to the call, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But as as you're in a young man uh, growing up in Houston, yeah. what what type what type of situation was was home? How was yeah. home? How was that in your yeah. in your life? Yeah, both my parents are together; they still are. Um, but one of the things that is uh, not- notable among the Johnson men, uh, my dad uh, is uh, the. Uh, 
third child of four four boys. So, but and so it's known kind of in the on the Johnson side as um, the Johnson anger or the Johnson mm-hmm. temper. So that's a, a real thing. Um, uh, there's no, I'm sure if the ladies, if my, there would have been a, a, a young lady born to, uh, you know, my, my grandmother that there, she would have it too. But, yeah. uh, because I've met my grandmother <laughs> and, uh, but that was a real thing. And so, um, uh, around my sophomore year of high school, um, it became probably my anger was at, at uh, my, it was explosive, violent. And it's kind of like, it was kind of the, um, the the story among the Johnson men yeah. they were they were uh, we were aggr- so aggressive protectors but the, the the negative side of that could be um, uh, explosive um, and violent maybe um, yeah. and so my sophomore year of high school uh, through a series of events uh, that became um, my anger became really uh, uh, present and um, I, I noticed it and that was about the time the Lord began to really uh, change and work on my my heart and really change and, and me surrendering to to Jesus and his word um, and his will and I remember reading through the gospels believing like if Jesus says to do it I'm going to do it because he's Lord and, and and for the first time in my life really just began to whatever Je- King Jesus said I wanted to, to right. know and do and uh, this anger was was present and uh, um it came to a head my sophomore year of, of high school. Um, there was a, a, a guy on, on uh, a friend of mine um, who um, put me on hit list and uh, tried to actually, you know, uh, seek me out. And uh, what, you know, I, he, he probably would say he wasn't doing that one, but he, I felt like he was, he, he was, he was acting out his, his list. Um, uh, okay. And so uh, that, um, became it's a longer story but that became uh i became really angry e- even more so at the people uh, around me who um maybe principals and other people who were not taking uh I, who i felt that, that weren't taking um my side of things right. and not not really believing or trusting this is before you know nowadays this would have been taken probably pretty seriously mm-hmm. um uh i think they thought they took it seriously at the time um so i don't want to say they, they they didn't feel like they did but Personally, I didn't feel protected. I think right. that's part of where uh, my my anger it, it became out because I was trying to protect myself. Yeah. And so this kid was still in my class, and uh, and then finally he he did get removed from my class. But um, um, that that anger became more present. I was actually reading through um, David's life at that time, and 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 Saul, and and I and I began, and God began to use the Psalms to to really change me in mul- many ways more than I could ever understand. The first thing it did was it taught me uh, to be honest in prayer. Yeah. Uh, David is, you know, praying some of the Psalms. You read them, and you're like, man, can I pray that in church? Like, bash exactly. their head against the rocks, yeah. like that type of. But the, but not that I think David was maybe uh, uh, right in some of the things things he was desiring, but I think he was just honest. And That's I think right. that, and so I began to be honest with the Lord in prayer. And because uh, I didn't have people to process my pain with, um, I began to process my pain with Jesus in prayer. I began to process my struggle. And so as, as like we're doing right now, like a verbally processing, communicating, mm-hmm. I was doing this through prayer. And then the, it actually began to, to form my prayer life that I was, I had this invitation to to Jesus. I had, and, and because sin had been atoned for, I, I, I could draw near to him. I could talk with him like Moses did with God face to face. And and so um, I, I didn't really understand that at the time, but that's one of the things it did. It began to form my prayer life in that I could I could process my pain, process my sin, process my hurt, process my anger with the Lord Jesus. And, and through doing so, the Lord really began to deliver me from um, those bouts of anger. Um, 
so much so that I would say that most people today, um, in my whole time of living in San Antonio, no one would, would probably, um, uh, they may uh, not that I've been angry. They would say, "Oh, what, whatever." How's not a very? I've heard people say he's not a very angry person. Um, I'm like, you, you didn't meet the old me. Exactly. There, there is a, there is a distinct difference. And I would, my wife has never heard me uh, explode in anger like I did back. And I mean, we're talking. Uh, my, my voice carries yeah. sometimes when and I. When I'm preaching, often people are like you sound mad or you're angry or that's that's. Uh, um, no, 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 no. You have no clue. Um, and, exactly. not, and, and so there is a, uh, there still is an intensity about me. There yes. still is, uh, a, a, a passion about me, but, um, it's been, um, I guess what I could say is bridled. It's been, the mm-hmm. anger has been bridled, um, in, in a form of meekness that was not present, uh, you know, uh, 15, 16 years old. And so from then till now, the Lord's been really working and changing and, and shaping me. And so I say that, uh, that would be the, well, some people are prone to, to this or that. I'm, I'm prone to, to being angry and, and being, um, you know, but my wife and kids have never seen a violent, angry, uh, and that's beautiful. I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's a great thing to be able to have that as your testimony that yes, that is part of it. Mm -hmm. That's part of my history. It is. But uh, my current relationships, my wife, my children don't know that about. Yeah. They've heard, yeah, from me, but they don't know that they haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. That's that's a perfect. That's a great testimony because mm-hmm. uh, when you surrender to God, you leave it to Him. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't take that back. And and I love that uh, in in your testimony. Not only do you acknowledge that, uh, but to but to also see where you are today. You're pastoring a church. You're, mm-hmm. you're in ministry. You're being used of God. And a lot of people make the, the erroneous assumption that pastors are perfect people. Yeah. You know, we were, we were all bo- born on the right side of the tracks. Yeah. And, you know, money was never an issue, addiction, or any, no issues. Mm-hmm. We just float on clouds and play harps or something. Yeah. You know, but that, that is so far from the truth. And uh, we we have issues that we struggle with, and mm-hmm. we pray through, and we and God has responded, and answered prayers. Man, yes, you know, and so you know, it, you you are you are a normal person being used of God, surrendered to God. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so uh, you know, how would how would you perhaps uh, be able to minister to somebody, share or encourage to someone today listening that that perhaps they are disqualifying themselves? Yeah, they're struggling with the call. They're hearing the call, but they're saying, God, I still have this. Yeah. I can't serve you because I'm not perfect. Yeah. Well, I think that's the same thing that Moses said to to God. Um, uh, I, I, it's the same thing Isaiah said. He came into uh, God's presence, and I'm a man of unclean lips. And I think just like um, Isaiah, just like most, all the men that God has called and God has used, we have to um, yield to what God offers, and that is his uh, forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. And so when Isaiah says, I'm undone, I'm in your presence, I, I can't do this, and the Lord uh, touches his lips and forgives his sins. And I think that's where we all start is that um, there's no amount of sin, no type of sin, no uh, – um, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And so that we can, if we, that, that, that really the reality is our ability to accept, accept gifts. We're, we're really, 
poor at accepting forgiveness. More, we can we can offer forgiveness off, oftentimes to other, others, even without offering it to ourselves. And what God has offered to us is uh, a gift to receive, and so we have to receive it. And it's not something we can earn, not something we can we can uh, pay for, but we must receive it. Just like the grass can't uh, make the rain, but it has to receive it. The, the grass has no no option when it rains. It, the rain falls on the grass, and the grass is nourished by the water and therefore grows. And so we too must be nourished by the mercy and grace of God daily. And so what qualifies us for ministry is not sinlessness, but it's repentance. It's continual repentance, continuing going back to the love and grace and mercy of God. And um, what I think that what we, we oftentimes see or, or think of sin is something that um, that God doesn't know about or he's just still angry about. And for those of us who are in Christ, then there's no condemnation. That means that that there's literally... Jesus already knew about it before we were born. Past, present, future sin. He already atoned for it. So that means today, or actively right now, if you are in the middle of sin right now and you are very, you have just become aware of it, the reality is you've just become aware of it. God's been aware of it for centuries. And he, he was aware of it before you were born and he already made atonement for it. So when we become aware of our sin, now our sin is now an invitation actually to run to God, not an invitation to rebel from him. Same thing with Adam and Eve. When they sin, what do they do? They go hide. And what does God do? He pursues. So even now, God is pursuing you wherever you're at in your sin. Even in the middle of the worst sin possible, he's pursuing you. And he's offering the same thing he offered Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Isaiah, us to today is is forgiveness. And so that's, the, that's good news, but it's not just good news for um, just just to become Christian. It's good news for pastors. It's good mm-hmm. news for every person in in their everyday life. And that's the news we must remember. And then that's what qualifies us for, for ministry or whatever God calls us to do because we must receive that if we're going to offer that. Yes. You know, you mentioned uh, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, mm-hmm. and Jacob. And it reminds me, as, as you're saying, we must receive it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there is something for us to do. Yeah. It's the simplest part of the equation, mm-hmm. but there is an acceptance. There is that peace that we we could decide to reject. And you know, I I, I always remember when I hear Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that today we should be saying, "Yeah, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau." Yeah, but Esau made a decision. Yeah, not to not to hold on to his right to his birthright. It was his. He was mm-hmm. the firstborn. And he rejected it. And because he rejected it, we say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. You know, and so God could have God could have and, and probably was the plan. Mm. You know, Esau, Esau should have been, would have been, who knows? But but today we say we say Jacob because Esau he sold it for a meal. Yeah. And so undersold it. I wish yeah. sometimes I wish he would have sold it for some land or some something better, you know, before, you know, some a, a cup of soup, yeah. you know. But uh but it's possible. So to me that 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 makes it a little bit more urgent on our part. Yeah. You know, that makes it a little bit more urgent. The Bible says I knock, I, I stand mm-hmm. at the door, Jesus of your heart, and I knock and if you do, then I'll come in. If you yeah. don't, then I you know, then then I can't do anything but open up, receive the forgiveness. Yeah. Receive what I'm trying to do, and and it's and it is the the easiest part of the entire equation. Jesus did the hard part. Yeah, he died on the cross. He rose on the third day. We don't yeah. have to do that. All we have to do is live for Him. And so, uh, if if you're listening today, yeah, and uh, you're struggling with that, 
It's easier than you think. It's not as complicated. Just receive the forgiveness of God, mm-hmm. and you'll be forgiven. Amen. Ah, what's the equation? What's the math? Forget about all of that. Just believe. Believe, yeah. And if you believe, you'll be able to receive it. Uh, I want to transition now mm-hmm. to the church because you've, you've grown up and you, you've been dealing, you have dealt with mm-hmm. your issues, and you've left them at the cross. You're, you're, you're married, mm-hmm. and, and you have children, mm-hmm. and, and then you get a, you get a, a call. Is that, is that how it works? Tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, I was a, um, a graduated Upon graduating college, I became a church planning intern at a, a, a church planning church here in San Antonio, and uh, they, I learned the ins and outs of of everything, um, uh, how to how to run a church plant, what to do. I didn't know I didn't know anything. I, I, I didn't know this was a thing. Learned mm-hmm. that, um, but you the, had a desire. Had a desire. I knew God was calling, and that was part part partially the this this internship uh, was, was uh, a discernment process of how how. How and what ways did has God fit me for ministry? Yeah. And so, and, and along the way, um, uh, met a friend um, who was moving here to, to plant a church. He and a, he and a, he had a team to plant, and so we were we were uh, they got connected to the church we were part of. Um, and so we, through discernment, God called us to to join them in planting the well, and we did that about five years ago. And then um, along the way, uh, so me and uh, the the founding pastor uh, Jonathan Griffin, um, he. He got called him out of ministry for a time, and and uh, he's a, a a law enforcement officer. And then um, uh, he called God called me into to take over the the helm and and lead the church forward. And so I always thought God was going to call me to to plant another church to be right. the first sending church. But um, uh, we really in the past couple of years have have really replanted in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I uh, successfully grew the church from 120 adults down to 40. Um, <laughs> and so I didn't I knew God had called me, but not sure that He had called me to be successful. And so we've been a part of rebuilding, reestablishing. So we we very much look like a a, a church plant. A ragtag group of people yeah. uh, surviving on the mercy and grace of God, which all churches truly do, but we look like it and smell like it a little more. <laughs> I thank God for your honesty uh, because uh, I've I've done the same. Yeah, I, we're, I think we're in the same class of of growth yes, <laughs> growth track class, <laughs> uh, and and so, but but there has to be that shaking yes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. There has to be that that pruning. Mm-hmm. I like to call it pruning. It's mm-hmm. much more spiritual and uh, and biblical. <laughs> yes, <laughs> makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Now, where are you guys located? Uh, tell me, tell me something about about the church. Yeah, so we are um, a really young congregation, uh, meaning not just in age of existence, but in who shows up. Uh, we are uh, pre- predominantly twenty somethings, uh, mid twenties, and male, uh, uh, which are the least likely people to attend a church uh, as a, right. as a right. dude in his twenties. And so we have a lot of those guys, and these are not uh, these are ma- these young guys who are maturing, taking responsibility, love Jesus, um, and so um, w- that's really built on on some of the the leadership. Uh, with with those guys, we all, we I mean we're about fifty fifty, but a little bit a little bit more yeah. probably guys yeah. than ladies. Um, and then we meet um, at the San Antonio Baptist Association's building, and so um, that's just right off I ten between Vance Jackson and West Avenue. So we rent every every week. We load in, load out, um, and and set up and tear down uh, and have church there. The fun, the fun of uh, I call it the desert experience. Where you have to set up and break down every yeah. time. The uh, setup team's the Levites. They don't yeah. get anything, but they they get God's presence. <laughs> they should be happy for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you, you're on the internet as well. What's your website? Thewellsa.com or thewellsa.org. They're both ours. Um, so go to thewellsa.com. 
What time is your service? Tell me. Ten thirty a.m. Um, and you can also uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's where because we're so young, a lot of people on Instagram. That's right. Uh, our handles at the Well SA and and the same thing on Facebook uh, slash the Well SA. So here's the burning question. Yes, sir. Uh, do I have to go to church in a three-piece suit every Sunday so that you guys would love me and accept me? Not at all. Uh, I have tattoos, uh, and uh, one of them is a skull that I think one of my church members just found out, and they're like, oh, no, Christians can't have skull tattoos. And the other guy goes, hey, like our pastor. And so, oh, uh, Lord. so no, uh, <laughs> man, Jesus is going to clean you up, not necessarily in uh, you know uh, your robes now, but the robes to come. So we're going to come yeah, as we are. That's right. Come as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the that's the that's the the great statement to say. Come as you are. God God is the one that's going to clean us up. He's going to gut us. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's really good at it. Uh, he is. He is. Look at look at us talking no. here today. Mm-hmm. We should not be here having this type of conversation. Uh, but we thank God for that. And so I want to thank you for coming on the program. Pastor, take a minute and, and invite San Antonio to church on Sunday. Yeah, well, no matter where you're at, uh, what, whatever part of life you're in, um, if you're new, young, old, um, or uh, if you're Christian, non-Christian, or anywhere in between, uh, we welcome you to, at the well. We want to make de- dedicated disciples of Jesus in the context of everyday life. When Jesus chose his first disciples, they didn't know him very well. And um, we can come to him not knowing ver- knowing very much. And he can help us know more and love him. And so uh, we invite you. We, we meet every Sunday, uh, 1030 a.m. And so uh, come on out, and we'd love to have you, and we'd love for you to be our guest. So Pastor Al Johnson, pastor of The Well, uh, San Antonio. Yes, sir. Uh, on the web, on Facebook, on Instagram. Find them and get to church. They're right on I-10, so right on no 10. excuses. You can get there. 1030 is not super early, so you can get there. San Antonio, go to church. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Al, for being part of the program today. Hey, thank you for having me. God yes, bless sir. you all. God bless San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.